0: Today's tape has less to do with core curriculum and more to do with a corneal ulcer.
1: Today we are covering 1988's The Kiss. Let's take the roll call, Casey Regan.
0: The Kiss is a movie that does for aunts what Jaws did for sharks. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> You'll never want to be kissed on the cheek again.
1: <laughs> Greg Hansen.
0: One interesting and little known thing I read about this movie is that it has no box factories. <laughs> so on the video high video meter, it gets zero stars. No
2: box factories. Oh,
1: wow, failing grade. Rough. Josh Roth.
2: About 40 minutes into the movie, when they cut to a monkey laboratory, Jamie walked in and asked me, what genre is this? To which I simply replied, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) It's definitely a genre puppery.
1: And I'm Jamie Kennedy wondering, is that a demonic slug creature in your mouth or are you just happy to see me?
0: Happy Valentine's Day, (laughs)
2: y'all.
1: Pucker up, everyone.
2: Good morning, students of Video High. As most of you know, my name is Coach Sanborn. As most of you may not know, due to budget cuts and general American bullshittery, the only funding our school has for a sex ed curriculum is a one-day, one-hour seminar taught to everyone at the same time for some reason by me. I know, I know. Trust me, I don't want to be here either. So let's get all your questions out now. Yes, Casey. What does sex feel like. <sighs> what are you most afraid of? I guess I'm a, I'm a little afraid of roller coasters. Then that's what it feels like all the time. That feeling <laughs> in the pit of your stomach on a roller coaster. And then you barf. Next question.
0: Um, how can I f- uh, avoid getting a venereal
2: disease? And uh,
0: also, can you look at something for me?
2: Second question, no. First question, there's only one way to avoid venereal diseases, and that's to never have sex ever. <laughs> unless you like the image of your ding-dong covered in leprosy. Next question.
1: When having sex, does both the penis and the balls go into the vagina, or...?
2: Wow, what an embarrassing question to ask in front of all of your classmates, and definitely not reflective of something that may have actually happened in a health class once.
1: Just answer the question! Okay,
2: I'm out of my league here. No more questions, I'm just putting on a video.
1: Yes, kids, as you know, your school district encourages abstinence-only education. But so often people wonder, what does abstinence mean? Is butt stuff allowed? What if I don't move around and we just kind of lie on top of each other naked? Does third base count as sex? To hopefully clear things up, we're here to tell you that, when in doubt, it sucks and it's definitely going to get you killed. <laughs> AOE Films presents, it was only a kiss, how did it end up like this? It was only a kiss, it was only a kiss. (laughs) Meet Felice, a little white girl in the Belgian Congo. She's being put on a train to Europe by her colonizer father with a chaperone. Surely this is one of the most innocent situations you could imagine, and there's no harm of the dangers of sexual promiscuity finding her here. Wrong. Not but one day into their train ride, the African demonic talisman the chaperone was carrying activated, and the woman gave her niece a kiss that would forever alter her life, possessing her in a state not quite living and not quite dead, with evil voodoo powers, cursed to eventually pass along her blood possession to her next of kin, all because of a kiss.
0: Um... Coach, I think this might be a little problematic.
2: It's a metaphor for the clap.
0: Uh, sure, but is this video really victim-blaming a child for a non-consensual, incestuous kiss and using it as a morality play for why we shouldn't
2: kiss? Well, you shouldn't kiss. Kissing leads to sex. Sex leads to possession and death. (laughs) Yeah, that's
0: another thing. I I feel like this video skipped over a lot of pretty basic sex education warnings and jump for some reason right to demonic possession as a consequence for sex. Is that really what we're supposed to take away from this?
1: Some of us need to take notes on this because it disproportionately affects our sexual organs. Not all of us are lucky enough to be born not genetically predisposed to influence by African talismans, Casey.
0: (laughs) Jamie, I I really don't think you need to worry about that. Fast
1: forward 20 years. Little Felice is estranged from her good Christian sister and her family. She's lived a life of sexual destitution as a very successful model with two divorces, and will later exclaim to her sister's family how much she's wanted to have a family. Though perhaps for nefarious purposes... On the day of her niece's confirmation, Felice's sister is killed in a tragic accident. Or was it?
0: This is just giving me the message that you can be a good Christian who does everything right, and bad things can still happen to you.
1: But the bad things happen because of the sexual deviances of the non-Christian.
0: The TV just respond to me. (laughs)
1: Enter Felice into the life of young Amy. Now, Amy, despite being a new member of God's army with bling to prove it, has sexual urges just like many of you. She has her eyes set on a certain stud. And I don't just mean his earring that keeps falling out at inconvenient and unsanitary times. But look where sexual urges can get you. Amy's friend Heather is implied to no longer be a virgin, and she is torn apart by an escalator when she drops her lipstick, the devil's paintbrush, and tangles her necklace, not a crucifix, in the movable stairway. While trying to get in Amy's pants friendship-wise, her crush Terry accidentally leaves behind his earring, which is able to be used in a voodoo ritual to get him run over by a car. Amy's dad commits infidelity of the grave by sleeping with his sister-in-law out of wedlock. It almost leads to Amy's ritual sacrifice. And what about Brenda? Well, she explains <laughs> when she lost her virginity, her boyfriend's penis glowed green because he was wearing a glow-in-the-dark condom. Plus, she gives safe sex advice to her friend, Neat's questionable relation. I don't know how Brenda and Amy were related (laughs) and sets off all of these deviant shenanigans. And all because of sexual urges and that long-ago kiss tying Felice to a satanic contract. So keep it in your pants, children. Stay away from devil cats. Stay away from African talismans. Stay away from (laughs) lucrative modeling careers. And stay away from sex. How? By staying away from kissing
2: okay we still have 30 minutes to go oh jeez uh, so um everybody just play the sims with the heart-shaped bed activated on your computer and that will probably fill you in on the
0: rest i really don't know what we were supposed to get out of all that stay
1: away from african <laughs>
3: talismans aunt felice is coming to visit she's like no other aunt you've ever met aren't you going to give your aunt a kiss a kiss they never should have let her
1: in the house i had to drudge up a lot of sex and trauma for that
0: (laughs) i think you drudged too far like you kicked up a like northern irish ira accent <laughs> <laughs> that was a kennedy speaking through generations yeah. warning you about the dangers of masturbating or something
1: yeah i mean if we know anything uh john f kennedy was purely moral when it came to sexual relations
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh was this why Wait, are you related to john f kennedy <laughs> <laughs> i am not I just got to say, I was a little surprised that we went the whole movie, and I just didn't... Maybe I'd missed it, but
2: I didn't see Gene Simmons once. (laughs) Wait, no, no. He was there the whole time. He was the little statue with the giant tongue sticking out. Uh, (laughs) Ah. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. 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 He's good. He's good. The best actors can just... Be very, very still. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, I found the performance occasionally a bit wooden. Ooh, <laughs> ooh,
3: gabba, 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 yeah, I guess it was a little
2: stiff. <laughs> <laughs> This went so many places I didn't expect. I loved
1: every place. I (laughs) gotta
2: gotta say, the first, like, I don't know, 30 minutes, I was not really on its wavelength. And then it kind of, it got bananas, and then it got more bananas, and then it became an entire bunch of bananas, and I was all on board.
1: Even when it was, like, boring, just slice of life, I I thought everyone was so compelling and... Again, does anyone know how Brenda was related to Amy? Can anyone tell me this? I think just
2: their neighbor. Yeah,
0: Yeah, their neighbors.
1: Call her State Farm, because like a good neighbor, she's
2: there. (laughs) She she rules. She She is maybe my favorite character in the whole movie.
1: I have never been more nervous that someone was going to get killed than I had. Like, I was rooting for Brenda to
0: survive this whole movie. (laughs) Brenda towards the end of the movie, when she's been ordered to just go home and like wait by the phone (laughs) and uh, and she's just like, on the phone and nervously walking in circles. I was like, if f- things in horror movies could really happen, that is me. <laughs> I'm that person. <laughs> yeah.
1: Texting, being like, "Hey, you okay?" <laughs>
0: <laughs> and just being like, "I really should be doing more, but I'm scared." And uh, and what? Somebody needs to be near the phone
2: in case something goes. Yeah. <laughs> what was her line? If you're not back in 15 minutes, I'll panic. Yeah. Which yes. yeah. I thought was fantastic. <laughs> No she's
0: a uh, Brenda is a constant injection of humanity and like pathos into this movie that uh, doesn't need it because no. the movie is pretty wall to wall like <laughs> the, the, <laughs> the pathological aspects of all of these decisions and very goes goes deep into them in lovely sort of like the humanity of normality sort of ways and then keeps. Very opaque, all the supernatural elements. keeps Will not explain a lick of what's going on. (laughs) A lick? (laughs) Not a lick, not a peck, not a (laughs) nip on the cheek.
2: What did we think of acclaimed producer and director Sean Levy as (laughs) Terry? (laughs) Director of... Stranger Things, Adam
1: Project, Adam Project,
2: Free uh, Guy, and Upcoming Deadpool Three. Weird what a weird group of movies to reference
0: of his. <laughs> Josh, we know you're a big rye head. We know you're a rye head. Ri- g- g- they're called Rye Guys. Guy, they're called Rye Guys. I am Rye or Die. I like how you guys are like going on this deep dive on Sean Levy and have completely glossed over the actual makers of this movie. Producer, director, Pendentium who is known for, like, producing Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. And (gasps) writing it. Backdraft. (gasps) Prolific writer, producer, director. Usually not at the same time. Wrote a movie you all know is close to my heart a gnome named motherfucking ah! GNOME. Oh, yeah. No. What? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God, it just keeps going. This man is everything. When they went to the park, before I knew that he was involved in Gnome Named Gnorm, I was like, that looks like the park from a gnome <gasps> named Gnorm. Oh, my God, then, wait. It's Afterwards, what? I was like, "Wait, it actually might have been." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was it direct
2: to video or did it have a theatrical release?
0: No, it had a theatrical release. It was a, it was a slight miss. It had like a two point five million dollar budget. It only made back about two million in box office. It's as far as I know, it has never made it past. VHS, I'm not sure why. Wow. Wow. It's a solid movie. It has truly terrible box art.
1: (laughs) It it does. Yeah,
0: it's pretty bad. It's also called The Kiss, Kiss. (laughs) (laughs) which is a very stupid name for your position horror movie. And they didn't even license the Prince song. (laughs)
1: <laughs> or the faith hill song or the hall and Oates song <laughs> or the seal song
2: <laughs> or the little mermaid song
0: <laughs> the wikipedia for this movie it, it has a reference to a book called monsters in the closet right this author of this book named this movie as like a time capsule of the AIDS epidemic I feel
1: that yes do you <laughs> I really because
0: I mean I I suppose like the panic of a bloody kiss I suppose it's like all too tangential it's all too I like I, this is me saying that I'll, I'll look for meaning in fucking anything but it's <laughs> like again the kiss was so unimportant the transfer right. of yeah. the demon was so much less than I expected there to be <laughs> I don't know. But then again, there's adultery. There's all, there's a bunch of bad sex and blood testing and whatnot.
1: My book report was what it was for a reason.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But on the other side, the dad doesn't get killed and he does some fucking with theoretically the person who would be infected. Like, true. It's an interesting lens to see the movie through. And I also read that and I was like, In some ways, that makes sense of a lot of the sexual stuff that is in this movie that I had questions about, that I had big question marks around. They spend a lot of time going over things like abstinence, things like sexual promiscuity, but don't really make all that much of it in the end. It seems more rooted in its religious conversation than anything. But even that kind of, like, it almost feels like there was 20 or 30 minutes cut from it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Even
0: though there's no supporting or corroborating evidence saying that. There's, like, all this other stuff happening, and then it's like, it turns out it's mouth (laughs) demons. And and in some ways, I like that. I kind of like that it's, that it kind of says a bunch of stuff, but it isn't particularly interested in... Tying up all the ends and it's not particularly interested in, like, making some grander point. It's kind of... It feels very time capsule-y. And it also, I feel like, puts in a really interesting mood, especially because the the beginning of the movie is so sort of happy-go-lucky. And by the end... Everything is wrecked. Just yeah. absolutely yeah. everything. I mean, they yeah. hit the gas at the end <laughs> Pun intended. Like, I was gonna say. One of the reviews on like Letterboxd was like, This movie feels like a high concept where somebody was like, You know how much you hate it when you're a kid and your aunt or uncle kisses you? This is a movie where it's like, you have reason to be. And I was like, Yes, yeah, yeah. you can pontificate a lot about the true dark underbelly of this, but really, it feels a little bit more like somebody was like, "Man, I used to hate it when I was a kid, and my and my family kissed me. What if it was deadly?
1: <laughs> Come give your aunt Felice a kiss." Yeah.
0: No matter what the subtext, the text is definitely anti-anti. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A spell on you. (laughs) Because you're mine. It's 1963 in the Belgian Congo. We won't stay here for very long, but there's some important backstory to get through, so don't come in after the first 10. The most upsetting thing about this is that it all looks really good, and so there's actually not much to make fun of which very well may be a recurring theme in The Kiss. A family of white people wearing white, so you know that they're racists, are boarding a train. Well, actually, only one of the two daughters is. Felice and her aunt are going on a trip while Papa and Hillary are staying behind. And before you can say awkward family dynamics, Auntie has shown Felice a wild, tonguey statue, and uh, then French is the sleeping Felice, or is it... Belgians. Uh, well, whatever. <laughs> and now the ant is a corpse. Bam! 25 years later, in Albany, New York, young Amy is being confirmed and well on her way to having strong issues with religious institutions later in life. <laughs> Maybe she'll start a podcast. Amy has a bitchin' pool party and a great life. Her mom is a little goo-goo for the big man, but her dad, Jack, <laughs> smiles a lot, and she has a horny blonde friend named Heather. The cute cake delivery boy from the wrong side of the tracks, Terry O'Connell, makes an appearance looking like Pauly Shore doing weddings, so you know he's a real bad boy. Mom gets a call from her mysterious long-lost sister, Felice, whom no one really knows about. Oh, well, Mom's gotta quote go grab some more beer from the store end quote but really uses it as an excuse to dream about becoming the first female rambo (laughs) looking through the window of a gun store that would give charles bronson a complex (laughs) while she's daydreaming the spooky music swells and a dude in a truck final destinations all up into her sending her flying through a plate glass window now, she's cut up real bad, but she's not dead, thank God. Oh, wait, shit, there's a fuse that's on fire, and it's going to the gas tank. Uh, uh, well, while she's trying to escape, she's almost killed by a harpoon, but thankfully that just misses her. Uh, and she's found just in time by the firemen. thank God. Uh, but also, her fucking leg comes off! It just comes off! just in time I mean she dies and that happens in a cross dissolve. Yes we cross dissolve the death of our main character's mother. At her funeral everyone's sad. Amy sees a stranger lurking amongst the headstones but doesn't know who this is of course we are not stupid and we do but let's save that for a moment. Five months later and it's still summer just like Albany, New York (laughs) Amy and dad have a nice relationship in the wake of things, and their single female neighbor Brenda is basically playing mom. Amy and Brenda have a nice heart-to-heart about whether she's ready or not to have sex, which I'm still not sure if that's part of an allegory or if it's just character development or some weird thing pendentium needs to work out. (laughs) Amy and Jack go to visit mom's grave and find Auntie Felice there. They all introduce themselves, and Felice takes quite an interest in young Amy. Jack invites Felice to spend some time with them. Now, at the family's house, Felice and Dad start getting chummy, and the next day, Felice is busy replacing their delicious junk food with yucky things like smoothies. (laughs) Brenda bashes in the back door because apparently it's fucking her house, and in so doing, makes our dear Felice cut her finger. Then Heather comes in, and her and Amy split to go have some quality mall time. Heather leaves her sunglasses, and Felice tries to return them, but overhears Amy talking some downright shit about her. And she keeps those babies all for herself. Um, You know how uh, I'm not all that smart, right? <laughs> Continue. Uh, so I don't like know. how no
2: one refuted no one that.
0: Refuted it. <laughs> <laughs> it
1: was like, and? Yes, and?
0: I don't know what sort of junk was happening in the Belgian Congo in the 60s, <laughs> but when they cut to 1980s America, it says 25 years later, I thought there should have been another zero. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Why? Because of the steam yeah. train <laughs> they were
0: All due respect to th- the Belgian Congo, a place that doesn't, doesn't exist anymore. I am not a smart man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am not learned in, in things. As
2: established, is and is now canon. Video High is not very well funded. <laughs> well, it had strong like imperialist vibes. It, like it
1: felt like Heart of Darkness. Well, yeah. Like yes, we were in yes. Heart of Darkness in that moment.
0: I felt like fucking Richard Lynch was going to show up and be like, "Yes," <laughs> <laughs> you know, some sort of like ivory slash monkey. Exporting business. Yes! yes. A man who's like in barbershop quartet attire. (laughs) Yeah. Like loads one of his daughters on a train, seemingly the first one.
1: And and like with with the intention of like, we may not hear from you for months because the post will be so slow getting here and not like they can just ring up anyone with a phone. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, Felice. Up you get next to your aunt. I want
0: to go with her.
3: Hillary? No, you know your sister's not well. That was your mother's. It would be a shame if you lost it. Leave it with Hillary
0: until after you get back from the sanitarium. Hmm? They say sanitarium. Yeah. they? Yeah. Say Wait, you're do they? going to the sanitarium. Sanitarium, yes. This girl's treatment is going to be largely cornflake-based. <laughs> And we're supposed to believe this is the 60s.
2: (laughs) Was the 60s thing added in post or a rewrite? Because that nothing makes sense.
1: Well, no matter how you shake it, it's still math. Like, it's still the the sisters. It's still the sisters who have to grow up to be Amy's aunt and mom. Like, okay, (laughs) it's just
2: a wild choice. Yeah.
0: It is true that it almost feels like they shot it for the 20s. Yeah, 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 Yeah. Yeah. totally. And then later we're like, ah, shit, our actors are like, not that old (laughs) (laughs) right or like will it mess up the movie if people are like wait a minute the dead mom was also 200 years old like (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah, yeah. (laughs) before it really like got into it i did think oh this is like 1922 or whatever and then it said 1965 and this this is my like movie amnesia where if the movie says it's 1965, I go okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't. I don't really think about it. everyone's like driving Studebakers. So I was like, yeah, like sure, in 1965.
3: Right. Let me show you something that I've got here. <gasps> like it? It looks so angry. I like it. It's several hundred years old. It's been in our family for a long time. Auntie, I'll rest now. Okay. You rest now.
1: Now, when that kiss happens, Felice is no more, right? It's not a shared body situation. It's whatever was I in the aunt so. is now in Felice, and it's like a demon passed down through the generations, right? I
2: believe so, yes. Is that the That's science? That's what I thought.
1: Okay.
0: Later, Mom gets the phone call from Aunt Felice, right? Doesn't she say something like, it's
2: time? Is that what she says on the phone?
1: She's like, oh, she's like, I need to see you now. I feel like she knows. Somehow this this fact has come out in the past, I feel like, that like someday I'm going to possess... I, I'm going to have to move on and take over your daughter's life.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that would be a good reason to get the hell away from her. And then the aunt
0: seems to be taken over by the demon, attacks a sleeping Felice, and max a demon slug into her mouth, right? And then the aunt is a gooey corpse. I liked that. And Felice walks off the train with uh, shifty evil
2: eyes holding right? the, the totem. And,
0: and yeah, it totally reads like there is no more little girl that that's the there is only now, Zul right?
1: yeah <laughs> the way that
0: scene plays out and the fact that later Felice is like it's time I think the aunt at the beginning was like doing that I feel like there's other metaphors to glean here of like besides the AIDS crisis of like what women in colonizing I suppose turn of the century ivory barons in the Congo <laughs> I don't know what white women passed down to each other I suppose is like a, a question that this Movie could like bring up, but it's like more than the AIDS epidemic. But because I feel like the aunt to Felice and then Felice to Amy, I don't know, it's not like I am Zool. Yeah, it's no, like but I, I well, It's because still I think that's, doing that's, a, that's
1: a perspective on a demon. I think this is a demon with self preservation who needs these bodies like that's the, the generational birthright is to go from body to body. But I think they are kind of human, like they sought out this like model life. Yeah, that's um, interesting. Uh, and like seeking love, seeking things that they can't have because they're dead while living. Right. You can look at it through the lens of like when she starts making Amy eat healthy and like giving Ooh. the smoothies and not letting her drink yeah. Diet Coke. It's because like, yo, girl, I'm going to take that body and I need you to like be a little healthier.
0: <laughs> yeah, she like has lived a whole life. Like Felice references divorces, like not just like marriages, right? Mm -hmm. Like failed marriage, like things that like they were. This demon had to go through like arbitrations. (laughs) This demon had to go meet with lawyers and whatnot. Oh man, right? I want to see a cut scene of one of the husbands being like, "It was the worst divorce ever. My ex-wife, a devil." (laughs) (laughs)
2: Well, to play devil's advocate.
0: (laughs) You know what they say, marriage is just giving somebody you hate half your talismans. (laughs) The more we talk about this, the more I do feel like this is like good old fashioned Catholic values, right? Yeah. Mm. I mean, other than the fact that the mom dies and truly terribly, though, I guess maybe it's because, and they kind of reference it later, maybe it's because she was never really a believer she was only, oh. she she was only believing yeah. to save herself. Right. Or, you know, that like, it wasn't for the right reason, sort of this Aristotelian version of Christianity yeah. where yeah, you have Yeah, lip to service have... is not enough. Lip service yeah. is not right. enough. Uh, it, especially in this case, girl. <laughs> hey! <laughs> it does feel like this movie is like, look, you can either be like a good Christian woman and that means that you're fulfilled and you, and you have a family and you have a nice life, or you're a vapid, like, I feel like modeling is one of these, Uh, like, careers of the flesh, right, in terms of, like, you have no personality, you're just looks, and this idea of, like, of course the demon is going to choose this thing where it's, like, it's glamorous, but it's extremely unfulfilling, and that's sort of, underlined by the fact that she's like, I have no children. I have no partners. I just have a really great wardrobe. We know very little about her other than she's obsessed with her looks as per the idea that she's drinking smoothies and not Diet Cokes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's extremely survival minded. Yeah, It's only about getting into the body of someone younger, which is also like a model thing. Uh. right? You, you always want to be younger. You always want to be more vibrant. Yeah. And it feels like that's the temptation of the devil, right? A part of me feels like that's another notch on the side of the intention was not to make that Congo scene the 60s.
2: Because yeah.
0: <laughs> that's even the... While there's, like, as the movie goes on, the rituals Felice does seems to age her or at least aggravate her eczema on her shoulder. <laughs> right, <laughs> enough, to, yes. enough to show her sort of decomposing, right? Or the body being used up.
1: Yeah, like, the more magic you use, the more it depletes the vessel.
0: Maybe, especially considering in the first scene on the train when Felice's aunt uh Tonsil hockeys the demon into her niece <laughs> fucking slapshots it right down right, <laughs>
1: down, right. oh my
0: god that that and then collapses as like a gooey like one of the guys who had opened the Imhotep's tomb and the mummy right yeah. gooey <laughs>
2: a very juicy mummy
0: maybe it's like the transference is a destructive thing but i don't know a part of me felt like it this movie feels like it would make some more sense if it was like we're 150 years old mm. i've been doing i've been this in this vessel for 150 years or whatever so the you know the transfer of the demon is like a you know an undorian graying effect <laughs> if this whole thing is kind of about vanity 25 years is i think a, a lot of people yeah. Would be like oh after twenty five or thirty, a you dead. know, ish. Yeah, a woman's oh. dead, right? And so this yeah. idea of like you always have to be looking for the next thing at that point, and she's about to go into the body of an eighteen year old, which is like gains her like ten years. And Brenda has that line when they're throwing the. Um party for amy's confirmation which is so yeah. funny
2: can someone explain a confirmation yes
1: josh when a okay. man
0: loves god when a
1: man loves god he joins this this the army of god there are three the ste- army? there are three steps in every catholic child's acceptance of the catholic church one is non-consensual it's your baptism you get that when you're a baby that's your parents yeah. choosing for you that you're going to be in the catholic church so that if you die before you can choose for yourself you're not going to go to hell that's the whole thing
2: wow okay carry then on Then
1: you have your first communion when you're about seven years old and that is like your start you've been going to church you understand what the basics of catholicism are when you uh, you go through enough sunday school that you learn what communion means and that it's this that's like, the cracker that's the cracker taking the covenant with god so your first communion is a big deal you wear a white dress it held a
0: similar weight for me emotionally as my first recorder recital yes so yeah it's a lot like that <laughs> it. And a like, sacred
2: so, right and then from that point a on you can take
1: rite. communion which means you can start communing with god whenever you're at church confirmation is like i've been leasing the religion my whole youth (laughs) now i'd like to buy the car like yes i'm gonna be a good catholic person my whole life
2: okay so she's like yeah she signed the contract with god
1: yeah
0: to put it in terms i know you'll understand josh the confirmation is essentially like being rolled into a gang you know (laughs) and like now you're like Sure you were sort of hanging out on the on the corner maybe you were yelling 50 sipping on a 40 <laughs> down the block but now you're like a shooter a pipe-hitting soldier <laughs> for god that makes sense to you right totally <laughs> absolutely <laughs> that's a hell of a way to get to heaven
2: <laughs> during that barbecue for her confirmation we get the first of many Chekhovs, oh. Chekhov's bug zappers, yes. <laughs> which I have never seen in my life, and it was incredible. There's a lot of Chekhov's things, oh some, of which, arsenal, some of which come, some of which come back, and some of which it's are just are,
0: are strong red herrings. Yes. But I, but I did like Brenda them. keeps doing it too. Brenda keeps doing it too, and I thought I, I was convinced Brenda kept. Foreshadowing what was gonna kill her.
1: Yeah, I know. Cat, oh, a yeah. cat, a bug zapper, the the weed oh, whacker, the, the, yeah. the bush trimmer. Yeah, that,
0: yeah, yeah. That the bush weed whack. As soon as that bush trimmer came out, I was like, some, yes. "Something's yes. gonna yes. happen with that bush trimmer." Yes. Which is also a really interesting metaphor. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I know.
1: Every time I felt a little dirty writing bush trimmer in my notes.
0: <laughs> they have a party, and Brenda, the neighbor, has that line her and Hillary, the mom, are having a beer by over by the gazebo away from the kids, and Brenda says something about, like, ah, you know, you got a family, I, I don't have this, but hey, you know, a woman's life starts at 30, you know, sort of ironically says that. And maybe that, again, that sort of supports this, this thing that I, I... The whole basis, I, I, I followed as far as I could without needing to ha- do something drastic, like get a library card or read the entire book. <laughs> But I followed that trail from The Kiss's Wikipedia to that book, Monsters in the Closet. And the preview that it had had the page that contained a reference to The Kiss. It, there may Ooh. be more, but reading that, it pretty much just said, like, wrapped up in the homophobic AIDS panic of the late 80s is The Kiss, a parasitic demon that is transferred between a same-sex kiss <laughs> This all feels like a reach when it feels like it is saying something deeper about like women. I feel like mm. this movie is saying something more meaningful about like a woman's sexuality and yeah. feelings of sort of vitality and, and, uh, yeah, and, I yeah. think that that, that feels much more supported by, I mean, a man literally just being like, yes, and a woman's like, yeah, I agree. And I'm like, yeah, I, you know yeah. what? I'm about to tell <laughs> no, one, you what yeah, I one think. One second, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> But no, sorry, Jamie, please say what you <laughs> want to
1: say. That was, I'm just saying, yeah, I think it is, it's just more about the dichotomy of like a family woman and a working woman and like what you choose and what's viewed as selfish and what's your lifespan. And like she later on calls it her blood right, basically, which I think is kind of also pointing out that. Those who have a family, like you're passing down these things to your family, and those who chose, you know, themselves or the career, they don't have anything to pass mm. down. So it's their right to take it in this situation, which is, and that's how she's passing herself down into the next vessel to be herself. The
0: women in this movie are the interesting characters. All of the mm. yeah, men are, totally, are yeah. like, I mean, Jack the dad is like a smiling idiot. Yeah. Plays like, <laughs> reactive, totally reactive. Doesn't really do anything. Like,
1: some of it is mind control, and some of it is him being a dummy like
0: (laughs) (laughs) and and terry is a cardboard cake delivery guy like personified who i guess also has a knife for some reason (laughs) he looked like he was adam sandler's wedgie stunt double for the wedding singer (laughs) (laughs) the fact that he continuously said stud over and over again he is absolutely not one is very funny
2: (laughs) amazing oh shit what? I lost my stud. You got it?
1: Was there a reward?
2: Mm. All the cakes you can eat, right? You gotta get this thing fixed. It's always falling out, you know? Well, I'll see you around, okay?
1: Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, Amy, <laughs> you little tramp.
0: <laughs> I liked him. I thought, of the movies we've watched, this depicted the realist humans depicted yeah, yeah, yeah. the most human like
2: people yeah they were all maybe not three dimensional but at least two and a half dimensional
1: also shout out to Amy who's played by Meredith Salinger who is Patton Oswalt's wife and gained notoriety in the journey of Natty Gan, which is a like kind of cult classic Disney movie who's Aunt Felice
3: mm-hmm.
1: mom's just talking to her on the phone is she a real time man or just some friend of you guys
3: she's your mom's sister
1: Oh, how come I've never heard of her?
3: Well, after her father died, I don't know.
0: They had some kind of personality clash. I've never met her myself. Your mom says she's a bit of a jet setter. Uh (laughs) Because Aunt Felice calls the party and says something ominous.
3: Hillary, I have to see you. It's
2: time. No.
3: Never. I have to.
2: How rad was Hillary's death scene?
1: Oh, my god. In-
0: incredible. One of the greatest scenes I've ever seen in
2: my life. I loved the
1: constant uh, fakeouts. <laughs> the,
2: the constant fakeouts the like triple cut, the voiceover, the Lisa needs braces, <laughs> Daniel Blatt like
0: the of yeah, the right.
2: sister. There was just so much to it.
0: The moment the mom gets kablooied out of the movie. <laughs> And she does. And, and boy. She sure does. Boy, howdy. Always love in a movie when your balance beam is pulled out, right? Like when the, the one character who supposedly might be able to have a handle on what's going on is very quickly removed from the movie. And right? violently. And two, they really make a meal out of it. <laughs> <laughs> it is a four-course dinner. It's a moment of surprise all around. Not only when it's happening, what happens. So many things happen that I was just like, oh... I didn't expect it to happen. You know, in a movie full of things that have largely already happened in movies, at least in some way... This was a thing that I was like, oh, shit. I don't know what's going to I don't know where, where this Cutting is
2: going. D- dissolving from her losing her leg to dead. She's just straight up Not dead. Not just
1: dead. Like, it's, it'll be one It thing. It'd be, funeral. It'd, it'd be, no, 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 no. There was one scene in between. Oh, was, oh that, it were, where was. Where there the right. dad at the doctor, and we just see, right. wordless, the doctor shakes his head. I'm like, oh, okay. I guess she didn't make yeah.
0: it, <laughs> <laughs>
1: which makes it wilder.
0: What's great is the dad... He, like, looks towards the camera with a look that tells us nothing. Yeah. <laughs> and I know enough to know that it probably means she's dead, but it's, like... could have been anything. could have been, like, we can't find the other leg. <laughs> or, like, something like... That. I don't know. You, Greg, you sort of did it. You did it in the announcements already, but I just feel like I need to... I need to live in it again. She's looking at guns outside of a pawn shop. Elsewhere in the movie Final Destination, a driver of a 4x4 four four <laughs> loses control... Blasts her through, runs into her, like, and through does not, glass. never breaks, never thinks to break, never begins <laughs> breaking. Full <laughs> throttle. Drives her through the pane glass window of the pawn shop, continues driving into the pawn shop and over her. She, bloodied under this 4x4, four four, is trying <laughs> to mouth, help, help, as she looks to her right and a fucking fuse, <laughs> like the beginning of a Mission Impossible episode. <laughs> Is just Yeah, Roadrunner cartoon is happening next <laughs> to <Exactly>. her. <laughs> yeah, she turns in a wooden crate <laughs> with the word <laughs> Acme spray painted on the side. She slowly tries to maneuver herself out from under oh the God. car. She's stuck. Someone runs in to finally help. Pulls her body away. No, Reveals. no, no, no. Before oh. that, she almost gets yes. out. Like, she's, like, getting out from under oh, it. Right. A, a harpoon comes from above. Misses her. Yeah, yeah.
2: Incredible.
0: She loses a leg while being taken out from under the truck. In a long shot, you can Do not see it coming, and the effects are awesome. Thanks to Charles Carter and Chris Wallace, who did Gremlins and The Fly, and also the Nazi face melt in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah. So good, good pedigree. But there's something really specific about having her just lose a leg. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess in some ways it could be seen as like having the legs taken out from under the family. Like maybe there's something there in that. Despite the ridiculousness of the situation, textually... It seems like she's going to live through this. Yeah, right, right. And then she doesn't is so funny.
1: And it's only with hindsight, too, that you can intercut in your head, like, Felice jerking off the totem and, like, going, God damn it. Like, trying to manipulate the forces of the universe to do the next thing to kill her. And he's like, you got to be kidding me. And then it's, like, her in the the hospital and, like, "I, I don't know. They put the saline solution in Ron. All right, that did it. Great, <laughs> <you're good. laughs> In here, Amy. Does this thing work?
3: Oh, I doubt it. After I put that bastard through med school, the only stuff my ex left me was either broken or things he thought I might kill myself with.
0: After the mom dies, Amy goes over to Brenda the neighbor's house. Yes. Oh, yeah, and they're. Wa- and she's watching. What is she a watching? A
1: Marlene Dietrich Cary Grant movie
0: called Blonde Venus with a monkey strip tease. That scene really worried me because that was when it really hit me like oh no these are these are real people. <laughs> like there's a lot of yeah. there's a lot of well-drawn characters in this movie. What are we going to do? <laughs> we're going
1: to root for Brenda to make it to the bitter end. That's what we're going to do.
0: They have this really lovely talk about Amy asks, "Do you think I'm old enough to have sex?" and Brenda shares this charming first sexual experience story.
1: Well,
3: soon, I mean, one thing led to another and we started to do it. Did it hurt? Are you kidding? It hurt like hell. No, no, no. I, I was ready for that. What really freaked me out is, it was pitch black by now. And I looked down and something was glowing in the dark. And it was his thing. It was glowing green. What? He was wearing a glow-in-the-dark condom. <laughs> Can you believe it? Oh, could I? Well, I mean, I—I lost it. I started killing myself laughing, and I couldn't stop. (laughs) Poor guy's probably still seeing a shrink over me.
0: Like she walks in, she's watching a movie, and, and she's playing with that bush trimmer. That after the earlier scene where she's like, "Be careful! You're gonna electrocute me." And then she tells like a glow-in-the-dark dildo story. I was like, I don't know what they're foreshadowing with this (laughs) Brenda character, but they'd better kill her with a glow-in-the-dark electric dildo called the Weed (laughs) Whap. Unless, of course... They're just writing a fully rounded character, (laughs) which I was not (laughs) expecting. Brenda truly is the best. It did need her, right? It needed her to just be the... I
1: mean, we killed the motherly figure so early on. We (laughs) needed a motherly figure who's there to listen to Amy, who's there to help solve things, because Jack is going to be useless.
0: Jack is so useless. I really dug the fact that this movie did not try to shoehorn an ending where Jack and... Brenda got together because when Annie and Brenda had their heart to heart, I was like, oh, okay. She's going to, she's going to be the mom at the end, but she's not. And, and, and I think you're right when you're saying like, she has really interesting moments of heroism, but also has moments of cowardice that I think are, are humanizing in this way that you got to give it to Mimi Kuzik who fucking, I'm looking it up, 141 credits, girl, goddamn. Known for Hill Street Blues, which is a show that I know the name of, and that is it. <laughs> <laughs> Seemingly the universal opinion is she's the best part of the movie, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, all reviews from the time and everything are. And, you know, most people seem to think this movie didn't work, which, I, you disagree. know, maybe in Heart some ways disagree. it doesn't. I felt incredibly satisfied by it, but still think she's the best part. Uh, hi, I'm Gossip Kid, and I'm gonna do announcements for Act 2. Here we go. So, as you know, Amy's mom was killed, and her Aunt Felice is moving in on the territory. So Amy just needs to get out of there, and her and her friend Heather go to the mall, which is perfect timing for Felice to take Amy's dad to the Vita plant factory <laughs> so that she can honeypot him with a sweet architecture gig. <laughs> anyway, at the mall, Amy and Heather riding an escalator when Heather drops her lipstick onto the moving staircase. She needs to go back for it because it's $8 and that's a lot back now. (laughs) So she leads down to get the lipstick, catching her necklace in the escalator stairs and the escalator stairs start pulling her and pulling her And, like, really pulling, like, pulling the necklace, like, through her skin and stuff. Like, this is, one, a strong escalator, and two, a very strong necklace. (laughs) Because it seems to be pulling through her head and face, which is awful, though she will be fine. (laughs) Feeling suspicious, Amy looks through Felice's stuff and finds a pair of Heather's sunglasses with blood on them. Amongst some African trinkets, including the totem, which Aunt Felice says carries the family spirit down through the generations. A freaked out Amy tells her dad she wants Aunt Felice gone, and her dad is while very flippant about her recently mutilated friend, (laughs) tries to tell Felice to beat it, but it's raining and the 80s, so everyone's stuck.
3: (laughs) So Felice
0: stays one more night. That night, Dad hears something in the kitchen and finds a gooey-faced cat in a cabin who gives him a couple of slices before yeeting itself out a window. (laughs) The next morning, Felice nurses him back to health, and then they smooch. It is a kiss, though, not the kiss, not (laughs) demonic or anything. And while Amy's learning about the heart in Catholic school and hallucinating it beating, Dad is giving it to his (laughs) sister-in-law on the floor of their kitchen. The O from which is so powerful, it forces a full, all-system dump of amy's uterine lining worried about this really frankly worrisome thing that has happened i think it is not said enough how upsetting and what the health implications of this would actually be but amy runs to family friend brenda and blames felice and the vitamix for her possible, I don't know, uh, uh, uh... Miscarriage? uh, Miscarriage (laughs) in school? And this would be very upsetting if Dad didn't just nail the Charleston Vitamix contract, (laughs) which Amy's being a real bummer about, by the way. The only person Amy could talk to is her burgeoning boyfriend, Terry O'Connell, who threatens to straighten out the bitch, (laughs) which... Is maybe believable if by the bitch he means his jacket sleeves, which have been rolled up to his elbows. Terry uses a cake to sneak into the hotel or apartment or whatever that Felice is doing a ritual in. The ritual. Wait, what ritual is this?
2: Yeah, that's a good question. What ritual wait, is she doing? Wait a minute. What, ritual, yeah, is what she ritual, ritual is she ritual doing? What ritual is that? We don't see the result of that. I just have does ritual. Yeah.
0: Is it the. Wait, is it the priest? No, no, Price, no, that's no. later. No, that's later, right?
2: It, it's an act three. Ah. All
0: right, so whatever. Whatever, doesn't matter. Terry catches Felice doing a ritual, and Terry freaks out It calls Amy to tell her what's seen, but realizes he's lost his studded earring which had been referenced earlier. <laughs> the loss of that stud means we're definitely going to lose this stud. <laughs> and we do. Felice uses the earring to sick her mutant goo cat on Terry, <laughs> who jumps into the back of his Jeep and scratches him up something fierce, forcing him to step out of the car <laughs> and get splatted by a tractor trailer. And then we see the birthmark. On Felice's back, begin to spread.
2: Uh, R.I.P. Terry.
0: There is something affirming about learning that that guy became one of the biggest directors in Hollywood. (laughs) Right? That little goober. We could
2: all overcome our gooberness in time.
0: Yeah, exactly. Gooberness is not a permanent state of affairs, y'all. Remember that, (laughs) classmate? It's interesting that you said permanent, because (laughs) boy's got a perm, you know? (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's a look. He looks like a fucking poodle doing crimes and it was very funny <laughs> to have him versusing a devil
2: cat. Oh, yeah. I love the idea of sneaking into a hotel with a cake. As your your owl
0: literally no reason for him to have it. He could have just been there.
1: Like we didn't have elevators that were card keyed back then. You could just get into the elevator and go up to whatever floor.
0: He immediately puts the cake down. Like he didn't need the cake. What a
2: delight for whoever found that cake, though. Oh Oh, yeah, totally.
0: Also, this movie was just nice for me to see a mall that looks like some somewhere any person would actually want to be. Yeah. Because (laughs) if you've been to a Mall oh, recently. So oh. Oh, it is not the same world, y'all.
1: America's wasteland.
0: I go to the mall only one day every year, and that day is December 23rd. <laughs> and there is so much juice in there, y'all. <laughs> I feel like fucking uh, Ian McShane and fucking American Gods. Like, Finally, it's back. The energy they believe again. <laughs>
3: Gonna stay over at my place. Yeah, I'll fix it with my dad. Great. Oh,
1: shit. Forget about it. It'll cost me eight bucks.
0: Another very. Final Destination esque death. Yeah, isn't this pretty much exactly a death in like Final Destination Four or something? I would not be
2: surprised. I mean,
1: it's the traumatizing thing I remember from a Rescue 911 episode when I was a formative age, and it showed a little kid whose shoelaces got stuck in the escalator and it almost strangled him to death. And then I was afraid of escalators for a good portion of my like, life.
2: Strangled him? Yeah. How did
0: the the shoelaces get magic to
2: the foot and the neck? How did that work? Well now
1: I don't know. <laughs> all I know is this little boy died or almost died, and I was very afraid of escalators at that point. It's
0: sort of like that one kid who suffocated on the Burger King toy Pokeballs. Oh and then yeah, we all yeah, had yeah. Those oh. Burger King toy
2: to- ruined it for all of us.
0: Yeah, part of me is like, yeah, good. We were gonna have these angels for too long. God was calling <laughs> them home pretty quick if they were dying to Pokeballs and escalators. I'm sorry. As soon as you see the escalator, we know that escalator be killing somebody yeah. absolutely it's yeah. shot
2: very well the first shot we get of the escalator is on the ground the teeth the stairs coming down and it's like a ka-chunk ka-chunk and it's like a very effective mood setter I thought yeah it's like a spooky Kwaniscazzi <laughs> <laughs> Kwaniscazzi uh, yes yes yes, yes.
0: No, I don't accept it. I'm sorry. <laughs> the like child death by escalator thing is so of the mid-80s mm, to yes. mid-90s. That as soon as you see it and we're just lingering on it and we, and we also see none of our characters, no characters. You're ju- we're just on like solo shots of the escalator. It's like all right, some shit's about to go down. <laughs> and it's funny because earlier mom gets murked Out of nowhere. And all these moments where you think she's going to survive and then doesn't. And then now you're like, somebody going to die right about now. And Heather doesn't, though, is, is out the movie at this point. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's yeah. like- The last shots of Heather with that like necklace wrapped around yeah. her face, she's dying like she's on Mars' surface in Total Recall. Like, her <laughs> eyes are just biting out. Like, yeah, she looks like, like Freddy Krueger has, has been playing a, a, a sick joke on her new necklace. Amy screams and it cuts to the necklace trapped at the top of the stairs with like a piece of scalp and Oh, hair connected to it it's like yeah that's a dead person and then and they're like she's the gonna be fine like, everything's <laughs> fine <laughs> yeah there's been an accident heather's fine but <laughs> a lot of a lot of off-screen information in this movie we've only been five months away from the mom's death felice has been making her moves but it is a very sudden sex. Yes, you know? a wild sex appears pretty suddenly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but again, it's, it's hard- very effective. It is very it's-, effective. Yeah. it's very <laughs> effective. But it's also yeah.
1: hard to attribute how much of that is hornball, dad, and how much of it is mind control. Which we have kind of we we do establish. Felice has those powers. Right, she has the power of suggestion. At yeah. least, yes.
0: Yeah, and also she's a ba 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 Yeah, as far as fucked up but flawed and fascinating human responses to grief oh, fucking your dead wife's sister that this could be this is this doesn't need to be a B movie this there's tracks <laughs> cast it differently we're winning academy awards with this
2: i thing. also really like intercutting between jack and Felice having sex and Oh, the beating heart of the like yeah. anatomic science the mannequin yeah, yeah like yeah. the be- it was like a, one of those mannequins that like has the skin off and like organs exposed and the heart was beating and the nose was bleeding of the mannequin. It was really effective and interesting. A, a good visual. Yeah. Biology lesson while she's having a biology explosion. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Also
1: a biology lesson in a Catholic school. Don't forget. like so <laughs> We'll see how ac- adequate it was.
2: She learns more from Brenda that afternoon than I'm sure she ever did in that Catholic school.
1: Here, get out of that skirt. You can put these on.
3: What happened? I don't know. I
1: wasn't due for another two weeks. It's like all of a sudden I had my whole period in about 30 seconds.
3: How are you feeling now? Weird. Maybe we should get a doctor in No. Here. It was her, bread. I know it was. Who? Felice. Amy, a lot of things can bring on early menstruation. No,
1: it was her. She's been feeding me all this health food crap. I want some Fritos. I
3: want a fucking Diet Coke. Look, there's a machine down the hall. I'll get you a Coke, but you've got to calm down.
0: To me, it read as she's been feeding her sedatives or like mind control, you know, like something like that. Mm. I hadn't thought about just the idea of truly being like, you're being like farm teamed because I'm about to be up in that baudit. Yeah, that's how I interpreted it. That's why Amy's like, I want fucking Doritos. Uh, I want fucking Diet Coke. coke. It's
1: my
2: favorite line in the entire movie.
1: (laughs) I've had that same rant before, I'm going
0: to be honest. Part of the demon's plan is an MLM. <laughs> <laughs> right.
2: Mephisto Lucifer Mephisto. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Dial MLM for
2: murder.
1: <laughs> well, I'm not a Vita girl
3: for nothing. Besides that, I get the stuff
0: for free. Amy,
3: try this. It's a new Vita plant nectar. Tastes
0: great, and it's good for you. It's good for you. This is also the act where we're introduced to the other, I guess, p- possibly uh, female an- anatomical evil of the uh, Hellcat. The, the I suppose the pussy oh, yeah. in that <laughs> God. And oh, I- uh, <laughs> no, sorry, too too much goo. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely loved. Seeing that fucking Muppet so many times. <laughs> she looked like the cat from Houseu. <laughs> it's such a clear puppet, right? But it works still. I think you said that, John. It's like it's like I'm so aware of the puppeteer's wrist yeah. Yeah. in every part <laughs> <But> of this <laughs> oh, performance. Yeah. You feel but it. we really but only it. see
1: its face. So that's what makes it more believable <laughs>
0: <laughs> The more we peel back this movie the more it becomes clear that it is discussing feminine sexuality, right? The fact that the weapon most oft used by our demon villain lady is a gooey pussy y'all <laughs> Well,
2: well, and we haven't really talked about... And also about... a cat <laughs> <laughs> We haven't really talked about the, the totem. You know, I collect African talismans This one is very rare.
3: They say it carries the family spirit down through the generations. Would you like to see it?
2: No, that's okay. The totem is very phallic. And also vaginal.
3: Yeah. At at the same time.
0: Has a Venus flytrap head affixed to a
2: long, long tonguey boy. (laughs) And during the ritual, she basically jerks it off
1: yeah yes she's just stroking it up and down while commanding it to do its bidding while it's feeding on her blood and
2: while she's orgasming
1: yes yes
2: like it's all happening at the same time
1: yeah it's amazing it was never inserted anywhere like that it was just (laughs) an exterior creation
0: that's true it never goes in no no. and act two is is sort of about shedding right yeah we gain and shed terry <laughs> we shed heather gain and shed the very concept of the of the vitamix right <laughs> the, the
1: sexual relationship and career opportunities for her father
0: oh yeah yep. right i mean it really hits the gas in act three but yeah you're right act three is where it really all pedals to metals
2: Jack gets the laboratory gig, heads out to his office. Amy goes to the playground to meet Terry, but Felice shows up instead. Amy runs for safety in the church, where Father Joe tells her some very sensitive details about her mother that I can only assume were spoken in confidence. But she's dead, so he tells her about how her mother thought Felice was some kind of schizophrenic witch. Felice interrupts them. She burns Father Joe with his own Bible and the power of sass. Amy hides in the church's statue and creepy puppet storage closet, long enough to get the drop on Felice. Amy shoves her into a cross and stabs her through the throat with a pair of scissors, then faints from her own coolness. (laughs) Meanwhile, Brenda brings a blood sample from Felice that she got out of her laundry basket to a scientist friend. Put a pin in that. It'll be important-ish. Father Joe rushes off to warn Jack, while Felice does a total ritual to stop him. She uses a page from his Bible to make a voodoo doll of Father Joe. She drowns the doll in blood and sets it on fire, which causes the poor father to spontaneously combust in the elevator. Jack gets into another elevator, not even seeing Father Joe's charred corpse fall out onto the floor. At the hospital, Brenda logs a road pizza that turns out to be Terry. Her scientist friend (laughs) shows her those blood results. She frantically calls the airport and manages to get Jack off of his plane. She tells him that the lab has only seen blood like Felice's when they've exhumed a corpse. Jack calls the house. We see Amy's unconscious body surrounded by candles and ritual paraphernalia. Felice picks up, which finally spurs Jack into action. Brenda picks Jack up at the airport. They've both jumped to the conclusion that Felice is trying to possess Amy, which seems like a stretch <laughs> considering the information they have compared to what we have as the audience. <laughs> but whatever Brenda waits in the car for some reason as Jack goes up to Amy's room Felice uses her hypnotic sex powers to force Jack into telling Brenda over the phone that everything's a okay Felice fucks Jack again causing Amy's unconscious body to squirm Brenda tries to sneak into the house, but Felice's evil cat familiar spits at her. She grabs a gun from her laundry room next to the detergent, a perfectly safe place to keep a loaded firearm. She rescues Amy from her second-story bedroom, but in their hurry, they knock over a creepy-ass, definitely haunted doll, which alerts Felice. Jack tries to stop her. She snaps his arm and goes searching for Amy and Brenda. She wargs into her evil cat and finds them hiding near the pool. Jack smashes the totem. The evil cat leaps at Brenda. She stabs it with a rake and shoves it into the bug zapper. And it absolutely rules.
0: The crowd goes wild. Ah
2: turned full dead-eyed at this point. She bursts through some glass doors. Brenda shoots her in the head, but she shakes it off. She knocks Brenda into the barbecue, sending the glass tank flying and burning like it's the Water World stunt show. Police <laughs> <laughs> pins Amy down for the titular kiss. A snake demon thing slithers out of her mouth, a lot like a gould, actually. You know, from Stargate.
1: <laughs> what? <laughs>
2: anyway... Jack pulls Felice off Amy, and they go tumbling into the pool, and all hell breaks loose. Amy runs Felice through with the Chekhov's bush trimmer, but she stays standing. Jack pulls the snake-slash-gould out and barbecues it with the gas grill, but it wriggles away. Felice's corpse drowns. Brenda struggles to get Amy out of the pool as the snake slithers towards her. Jack shoves the gas tank into the pool. Amy falls back in the tank. Explodes in a giant cannonball splash. It's revealed that Brenda got Amy out of the pool just in time. Brenda, Amy, and Jack all hug. There's a shot of the family handprints in the cement next to the pool. We pan over the water and fade to credits. Oh, boy, does it pick up in Act 3. So glad you were there
1: for uh, explaining Act 3 and all of its vocabulary, like warging and gould.
2: Well, Jamie, I'm glad you asked.
1: Oh, I didn't.
3: The
2: ghouled are a pad- parasitic race of aliens who possess human bodies in order to control civilizations across the galaxy in the guise of Egyptian gods. Ooh.
1: And is this in the Kirk or Picard era?
2: This is start.
0: Okay, all right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right,
3: Jamie.
0: I mean, okay, the pool is set up so early and they use it so often that you're like, okay, at some point the pool is important in some way i really thought it was gonna be more important than it is yeah, right. yes. i think i know the shot you're talking about where she like gets up from the diving board and they like hang on the pool for a while yeah, yeah. and the pool's vacuum that's running yes. off the strainer
2: yes. oh my god i forgot about that shot like
0: swims through the frame yes. and it, it's one of those pool vacuums that has one of those long sort of tails that wiggles about in the water as it moves it was very animalistic and creepy it was foreshadowing in a way that I didn't expect again like this movie subverting expectations I was like oh that thing's gonna become a snake and it's really just foreshadowing that the snake is gonna end up in the pool later which is unnecessary but I do like it and so it is cool that it's in there before we do the ending I love the bit with the priest
3: Jack's working tonight he wants Amy to be with me this has nothing to do with you
0: I believe you should leave.
3: You believe? <laughs> if you believed, Father, I could never come in here. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> oh, yeah,
0: and oh. then, like, burns his chest with a with some, you know, Bible. With his Bible! Or which something. is yeah, so grabs cool! his Bible and uses it to burn him. Was pretty sick. Like, are we saying that the Christian God has some sort of power here? Are we calling it bullshit? Are we kind of doing both? Sure.
2: Yes. Or is it just like not important? Yes, it Or even like none of that matters and it's what you believe or how much you believe it. And it's like whether or not it's true is immaterial.
0: It's so great that later when he gets killed that he's an obvious red shirt, right? And he has this bit where for some reason he has to go to the building rather than just talk to the guard on the phone for more than one minute.
2: (laughs) Well, he gets to the guard.
0: (laughs) That's right. He's
2: forced to sign sign in. in. (laughs) He
0: has to sign in before he fucking burns to death on an elevator. But like again, another one of these moments of subverting expectations. We spend a lot of time setting up this elevator. And any time a character who you know is going to die gets into an elevator, you generally know how they're gonna die. And the fact that like we we spend so much time being like the elevator, the elevator, the elevator, and then he just gets burned to death. And he just bursts yes. into flames. Is so awesome.
2: And on top of that, we're intercutting between the father in the elevator yes, yeah. and Jack waiting for the elevator. And then we hear the ding. The elevator door opens. Jack walks inside. He was in a completely different elevator. The elevator opens and we see the father fall to the ground. They were in two separate elevators. I thought that was a great little payoff. Right, also moments apart. Like, yeah, yeah like that I moment of that. like, yeah. Like it just missed it by that much.
3: If you're not out of there in five minutes, I'll...
2: What? panic yeah that
0: climactic set piece is noodles and oodles of fun yeah that
2: the last fight is such a climax it's so perfect. It has
1: everything that you could want. It has the payoff of a bunch of weapons that were laid <laughs> out.
2: It has a sexual climax in it. It does. It does. Yeah, it does. Right. It's got a monster that we didn't see before. You it's know, got you, the got, death of another monster.
1: You've got Jack being mind controlled, but enough in his mind to like throw the trail off of Brenda because he calls Brenda Katie just to be like, yeah, like so no, that she's not I, suspicious I, of Brenda. Or do you think that I, was a mistake?
0: I no, I read. I didn't know. I mean, no, I no. I think he definitely does that, but I think he is pretending to be mind controlled. I think he the whole time. Yeah, I think he fucks Feliz because he's like somehow. I think he can somehow get a danger boner because (laughs) I. I think he is like the only way that I know to get her away from Amy is to give her some of this sweet, no, sweet that, body. That checks out. I oh, think that's you're right. Possible. I think you're right. That's so possible yeah. because it makes no sense that Felice is like, "I'll just have a little dalliance."
3: Yeah. yeah, if I leave, she'll die.
2: You're insane. What do you mean?
3: I've sheltered her family for years. She's my bloodline. They owe her to me. We don't owe you a damn thing, Felice. Don't you see, Jack? I'm not angry with you. But I must survive. I don't have much time.
0: I assume the sex gets done because Felice goes to like, all right, back to business. And Jack like reaches to her to stop her and she just snaps his
2: wrist yeah. completely I, it's, it's like his arm like cool. right like I, yeah. it's yeah. like at the elbow i love the turn at this point she goes full dead eye yeah any like humanity she had or like guys of like i'm a suave like cool single lady it's done like she is a monster now she even like also she's got like monster lines when brenda says go to hell not yet You can't kill what's already
0: dead.
1: Dead by dawn.
0: (laughs) Any effort you or we will make to understand this curse will be immediately busted (laughs) when Jack, the dad, picks up the talisman which has been the point of the whole goddamn movie and smashes it against the wall to absolutely no effect on anyone. Nothing happens. Nothing (laughs) whatsoever. That felt to me like that was the source of her ability to make bad things happen to other people but is not inherently a source of her own power. Yeah,
2: sure. I'll I'll go with that. That would make sense because every time we see her using it, yeah. it's to cause something else to happen. Yeah, exactly.
3: Where is she? I need her body, Jack. <laughs> ah!
0: Meanwhile, neighbor Brenda has is doing battle with, the, with Possessy Goo Cat, <laughs> yeah. sticking sharp rakes into this wet-ass pussy. <laughs> oh, God. At least save it no. for the
1: rip-off report card. And
0: stabs it with a rake that fucking Sideshow Bob just stepped <laughs> on. She does the foreshadowed electrocution by sticking the cat into the bug zapper to short And then
1: I got worried that she was going to be electrocuting herself at the same time and it was going to be a grand sacrifice. But thankfully, wood is not a conductor, (laughs) even though it is.
0: (laughs) And so all our heroes are in the backyard. Our villain Felice then fucking barrel rolls out (laughs) the window and through the roof of the greenhouse. This is that part of the movie where it felt like they were like, okay, it's the big climax. We have to destroy everything. And they're like, everything? And they went, everything. <laughs> everything yeah. gets destroyed. and Like, they have no house to go back. The fact that at the end, <laughs> they still have the, like, little hand mural, you know, yeah. thing in the ground is insane. Because an industrial-sized propane tank has exploded in their pool. This, This is, yeah. like... Obliterating city blocks worth of damage. <laughs> they, in a kerfuffle, push over the propane of their grill, and like fucking Brock Lesnar is coming out to the ring. And this thing just keeps like spurting Amazing. fire into the. I don't
2: know. Amazing. Is. It looks like it, a stunt it, show. If it looked
1: like a stunt show where it would just do it. Like, there was a time when I'm like, I don't know if that's actually going to do anything <laughs> in this movie. I'm like, I think it's yeah. just for show. It could <laughs> have been
2: decorative, but it's not. He uses it. To barbecue the little
1: horror nights over here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Who shoots Felice in the head? Brenda. Brenda with her laundry gun. Oh, with her laundry gun. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Blaster in the head. No effect. Nothing. Felice. Oh is... no no no! But also said says...
3: You can't kill something that's already dead. Do you want a
1: fucking death? <laughs>
0: Brenda rules and then lets her have it. And I was like, Brenda, girl, you got it. You got it.
1: Everyone is alive because of you, Brenda. <laughs> Literally.
0: They end up in the pool. There has
1: never been a harder trial than Brenda trying to pull Amy out of this pool.
0: <laughs> like why that she needs to pull her from the pool is so stupid. Yes. But even before that, we're we're having the main climax, right? Felice is trying to get her tongue demon into, just into her mouth, and the (laughs) fact that dad shows up to be like, you cannot soil my girl, basically. Like, has the moment where he goes... No, my my daughter will not be a sexual being. Yeah, like and like rips it out from between them. It's so funny to me. Amazing. And then barbecues it, which does absolutely nothing in the (laughs) pyrotechnic show that is this propane can.
1: And he's doing all this with a broken arm, by the way. But we don't. But you wouldn't know that in this scene. (laughs) That's
0: right. Yeah. Meanwhile, Felice, without the demon in her, is going like full. Has, has chosen poorly at the end of The, <laughs> the, the Last Crusade, right? Is becoming a gooey zombie. Uh, Brenda is trying to get Amy out of the pool and then something happens where the propane tank that's spitting fire like it's a fucking great white pyrotechnic display. Remember that? Uh, Remember that tragedy from 2003? We can't all bring up bummer things, Jamie. (laughs) Remember when that band in Rhode Island set those people on fire? I do. I can remember bummer things too. Oh yeah,
1: I don't know this. I'm not familiar (laughs) with this bummer.
0: So they push this video game logic (laughs) ass propane tank (laughs) that hits pool concrete and starts belching fire is like beeping as if it's got like had C4 attached to it. Brenda is trying like hell to get Amy out of the pool in time. The little wiggle worm is trying like hell to get to Amy. And then the propane tank explodes which is stupid it's so stupid it's the the end of jaws for some reason
1: nothing provokes it exploding just it being in the it's,
0: yeah, it's real unclear. Plot.
2: Plot is what makes it explode, I guess.
0: And I guess that explosion kills the worm.
1: I have to assume it's both the explosion and the fact that it doesn't have a talisman home anymore. Like, it has to be both, right? Like, uh, right. yeah, yeah.
0: Brenda has pulled Amy out in time. Because she's the best. Is the dad okay? I don't even remember. Yeah, the one. dad's fine. Everyone's fine, right? And then we just... Look at the pool water. They hug, and we see the. But they don't (laughs) kiss.
2: (laughs) We see the mural of their of the family handprints in the concrete next to the pool, and then we see the water, and that's where we end.
0: Yeah, as if the pool was important. (laughs) I (laughs) don't know what. There's a baptism in there, maybe, but uh, probably not. You know. (laughs) Yeah, you know the movie's poetry. I don't need to understand it to know it's beautiful.
1: (laughs) Stay, baby. Want a kiss <laughs> Daddy!
0: because the kiss the kiss is on my list because the kiss is on the list of the best movies we've watched <laughs> <laughs>
1: good 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 Rip for park card, for poor
0: card. <laughs> the kiss Kiss Rip Off Report Card is brought to you by getting to second base in a B movie. <laughs> when it's the late 80s and you're sharing a topless scene with a next big thing ingenue model/slash actress, remember it would be much more passionate and realistic if you did just a little nipple nibbling. <laughs> Trust me, director. <laughs> Speaking of ingenues, if you didn't enjoy our lesson today, 1988's The Kiss, don't worry. Because the kiss lets you watch another movie for a little bit. (laughs) That's 1932's Blonde Venus. While titular blondie Marlene Dietrich was already an Academy Award-nominated actor at the time, the real ingenue in the film was the breakout silver screen hunk Cary Grant. To underline the power dynamic difference there, Marlene Dietrich... During the making of the movie, was given a $300,000 living quarters during her production. At the time, what would have been 60 times the average family dwelling for 1932. Uh. (laughs) Marley and Dietrich got those lavish living quarters, while during the filming, director Joseph von Sternberg, minutes before rolling on a take, walked over to Cary Grant and changed the part direction of his hair from left to right. (laughs) At the time, Care Grant had signed on to Paramount with a $450 a week contract to churn out its assembly line of movies, a business model that had Paramount completing and shipping a new movie every single week. Of the films Paramount made in 1932, Grant was in seven. But by far, Blonde Venus was the most significant, as it showed American audience, for the first time, his viability to woo them as a romantic consort. Hey, maybe it had something to do with the part of his hair. (laughs) But the movie almost never happened. Because Blonde Venus tells the story of a nightclub performer who maybe important, maybe there, solicits a wealthy politician, played by Cary Grant, for $300 to pay for an experimental surgery to cure her husband's lethal radium poisoning.
3: What? What?
0: Beginning an affair that ends the marriage and pushes the woman into both a life of vagrancy on the streets of New Orleans all the way to the cabarets of Paris. It's pretty much a pre-code basic instinct. It's showgirls, Of the Dust Bowl era. (laughs) In that way, the movie almost didn't happen because it had to deal with the production code administration. Even though this was still technically a pre-code era of Hollywood, censors were still all over movies. In letters addressed to Mr. Will H. Hayes, the head of the production code administration, several reviewers talked about the questionable moral aspects of the movie Blonde Venus. Jason S. Joy, one of the censors looking into the film, told them that Paramount had a story in preparation for Marlene Dietrich, which was exceedingly questionable in its moral aspects. (laughs) And in another letter, censor Lamar Trotty described the film as utterly impossible. (laughs) Some of their issues, as Lamar Trotty continued to say in his letter was, There seems to be a very real and distressing tendency at Paramount to go for the sex stuff on a heavy scale.
1: The sex stuff. The sex stuff.
0: (laughs) This sex stuff back then was usually referring to anything that depicted adultery not as a crime worthy of stoning. (laughs) Or really any female sexuality that could be what doctors would call enjoyed. (laughs) (laughs) Because of this, there were three versions of the script written. Marlene Dietrich's Helen trades some moments of passion with Cary Grant's politician character to save her husband's life. And this was a problem for censors because, as they quoted, sometimes adultery must be counted on as material occurring in serious drama, but in this case, there were rules. It, one, should not appear to be justified. Two, should not be used to weaken respect for marriage. And three, should not be presented as attractive or alluring. And I don't really know how else to describe sex with Carrie Grant (laughs) to save my husband's (laughs) life, (laughs) except as justified, weakening the marriage and... Goddamn a <laughs> There's actually a lot written on Blonde Venus and its censorship and how it determines not only how we looked at movies back then, but how we looked at female sexuality in general. And this was both something we can look at through the lens of today and also through the time. Variety's review of the movie called it a
3: mess.
0: (laughs) Mainly because the censors had no problem depicting Marlene Dietrich's character committing adulterous acts for dramatic reasons. But they did have a problem depicting Marlene Dietrich, their favorite singer, as the character who would commit adulterous acts. For that reason, the movie feels like a sad lady who has sex because she needs to, and then a happy lady who gets on stage, strip-teases as a gorilla, and sings about voodoo. <laughs> Honestly, what? I suggest you going back and reading the letters to Hayes Code Hayes as to why a horny lady in a movie is so very wrong. One, because I think it gives a reason for Blonde Venus, besides just the unfortunately racist depiction of African voodoo, as having a reason for being placed in the kiss. If only because some of the wording of the censor's letters to censor Blonde Venus sound a little bit like the logic leaps you'd have to make to say, I don't know, convince yourself it's okay to fuck your dead wife's sister. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that was <laughs> whatever amount of minutes in heaven we spent <laughs> on the movie The Kiss. What? No, I didn't Wait, even talk what? about the kiss. <laughs> what am I talking about? A blonde Venus. Which was in the kiss! <laughs> because your kiss, your kiss, I can't resist. Because the kiss is on my list of the best movies we've watched. Kiss for report card. <laughs> nice.
1: Well done, well done. It's
0: over. all right video high classmates so that we don't have another mono outbreak let's end our lesson on the kiss but before we go what might end up on the final test Uh, This
1: is just a joke for me, but I loved when they went to the graveyard and they saw her gravestone, and just, like, on it, it said, Expecto Resurrectum Mortuum. And I know it's just Latin, but it reads like a bad Harry Potter spell.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I read a review, and I can't remember where, in some, you know, B-movie compendium. This is the reviewer's first argument as to why they thought it was a bad movie. Joanna Pacula's upper lip. What? Convinced me a long time ago that she was essentially mean and untrustworthy.
3: Wow. What? There's
0: some phrenology shit going there on is. there. There is. There is. That review written by some lonely, sad B-movie guy is proof more than anything that this is a movie having to do with female sexual liberation somehow. <laughs> yeah. For better or worse, it's a movie so good that I was a little reticent. I was worried that we wouldn't have much to talk about but i guess here at the end of the episode i feel like we've done a lot of unpacking of the kiss but i i mean there was no box factories and this will be uh. the last movie that we ever cover <laughs> without a box factory zero stars is that a guarantee it, please please guarantee yeah, can me that. Make that can you make us that promise for really?
2: you <laughs> Of the many gifts the kiss gave me, maybe the one I'm most appreciative of is reminding me how much I love Stargate SG (laughs) One.
0: Yeah, you're the one in SG One. You're the one fan. (laughs) There are dozens,
2: dozens of us.
0: (laughs) Should we end the episode with kisses?
2: Should we just kiss
0: the mic? Everyone kiss the mic. Ah, God! What is that? Perfect. I was able to pass it to you.
2: Thank you so much to our teacher, Philip Marlowe, Seth Applebaum of Ghost Funk Orchestra, and Gabriella Tesatore of Scout Harris for our theme music, Justin Ferrero of the Rizzo's for our bed music, and Shearer for our logo, and the entire Video High crew. Greg Hansen, Casey Regan, Jamie Kennedy, and me, Josh Roth. Listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Mimi Kuzik. Who fucking, I'm looking it up, 141. 141- 141 what? Credits? Charges? <laughs> Allegations? Dollars to Years her name. old? What does she have 141 of, Greg? You, you froze. Acting credits. Oh, that makes the most sense. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose we should have assumed that. Simple Equations Podcast Network.